Hello and welcome to Podcast Zero. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a diversion, um, distraction, if you will. Um, and it's just going to be me, David, your host for this evening, this morning, this afternoon, wherever you're listening to this bloody thing that is entirely unscripted and will probably be torturous to listen to. But I wanted to get something out. We did commit to doing Mafia. Um, I have been distracted, part partly due to Battlefield 2042. I've got the Battlefield fever back again, and it's hit me hard, real hard. Um, but I've just managed to beat back the fever and kind of regain some measure of gaming self-control through uh, an unlikely source, but nevertheless something I wanted to explore for quite a while um, and that is Metal Gear Survive which obviously had a lot of hoo-ha and controversy when it was released back in the space year 2018 and I'm not going to go like madly into you know the background and the backlash that the game got well I don't even know if it was backlash it's like uh, <laughs> forelash if that's even a, a saying um, you know, obviously Konami didn't deal with uh, <laughs> its relationship with Kojima uh, well at all. Um, and, you know, obviously Metal Gear Survive came out to an audience that just didn't want to know who, you know, had absolutely divorced themselves from wanting any more like Konami authored, but not Kojima authored, Metal Gear content. And, you know, bottom line up front, I think that's a bit of a shame. I'm not going to say that this game is good by any stretch of the imagination, but it's nowhere near as bad as um, as it was made out, you know, back in the media hoo-ha, back in 2018, you know, with my business hat on. Makes sense, to, you know, on Konami's part as a business, you know, to try and recoup some of that massive development cost, you know, a brand new engine made for Metal Gear 5, you know, all this work put into it to try and, you know, repackage up a lot of those elements and make it, you know, a new game and, you know, I guess thinking back, it was a budget game, you know, I think it was only like 30 quid when it came out as opposed to the usual 50. But, Marketing was shite, uh, Konami is shite, you know, and I think the car, the karma definitely uh, came through with, you know, them doubling down on pachinko machines and walking away from game development matter of years before a global pandemic. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, wa I wanted to talk about Metal Gear Survive because I I've had a good time with it, I think. I'm a sucker for Metal Gear games anyway. Metal Gear Solid, like, it's just uh, a series that is probably my favourite series, video game series. Um, and Kojima is probably my favourite, well, yeah, he is my favourite game director. Um, do I think he's a particularly good storyteller? No. No, um, no, 
<laughs> no, <laughs> no, not at all. But it's great ideas, man. And I just find there's something so refreshingly earnest and on the nose and up front. His work is, um, you know, Death Stranding is so on the nose that uh, I ended up with two black eyes uh, after finishing it. And I loved every minute of that game. And, you know, this is not a Kojima joint. This, you know, presumably was by many members of Konami staff that didn't go with him to Kojima Productions during the Acrimonia split. Uh, the only name I recognised was um, Masahiro Ito, who I think, I think that's his name. The, one of the uh, character designers from Silent Hill, you know, the man responsible for Pyramid Head, etc., was responsible for the enemy design in this game. Um, but yeah, you know, the little people were my kind of people, you know, still left and had a project to make. And, you know, this game, I feel really unfairly was maligned as like being, you know, a cash grab from Konami. But it's got soul, you know. It's not a lot, not a lot, don't get me wrong. But it's, uh, it's a well-packaged loop that really sates my um it's that phrase tim rogers uses uh you know the goblin mindset you know and reminds me of the great times i had the metal gear 5 you know that, that core movement and controls and snappiness to it it's just great it just feels good moving a character around the game world um, in mgs5 and that's largely translates um to metal gear survive as well albeit you are perhaps quite as blisteringly fast or as strong as solid snake well not solid snake shit big boss gotta get well actually if i'm gonna be really technically correct it's a uh, v right um yeah punished snake but you know there's good ideas here you know um it's cheesy as hell. I love cheesy stuff. Um, yeah, there's time travel, Balaki. The Philadelphia experiment gets a shout out. There's a giant um, monster centipede called the Lord of Dust. Um, there's a character that I initially thought was like South African or Rhodesian. Um, like looked like that and kind of sounded like it the first time you're introduced to him. And I was like, oh, that's that's a brave, creative choice making, um, making a white dude of, of that origin a good guy in your game. But then hearing him talk more, he's um, got quite like a, 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 a yeah, like a Chinese accent going on. Uh, so yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on with that character. But, you know, they had a small budget, especially compared to Metal Gear 5. The way storytelling is done in the game is mostly through text screens. It's not particularly exciting or engaging story, but it does enough to set up what needs to happen in this, you know, open world survival game. And I think you've just got to 
applaud them for like how they were able to get that out with what was obviously like constrained resources and still have that bit that little sprinkles or though maybe like echoes of kojima story madness are there in little tiny little bits um there's just the right kind of like oh well i'm just going to blast into spoilers anyway like um the the, the big bad the lord of dust which is uh of course nano machines incarnate that became this giant time traveling monster that is going to open up a wormhole back to like 1980 or something like that and destroy the world and so detail which is the planet you think you're on is actually earth in the 22nd century <laughs> uh, that's been destroyed by the nano machines and you know you've got to kill this thing but and the shocking twist of fate after you've railgunned it in the throat uh, with uh, Sahalanthropus um, from MGS5, it just reconnects itself back together again and opens up a wormhole. So it all, seem, <laughs> all seems lost. Um, but then your AI sidekick Virgil, which is a character that I actually did grow to kind of like, actually. Um, very dorky, very shallow, but you know, I love my cheesy, cheesy stuff. Um, realizes that the key to defeating the Lord of Dust is to teach it about death, because it had no context, no, no concept of death, therefore it could not be killed. Uh, which, for me, logically, like that, that, that makes no fucking sense. I'm pretty sure an ant or a fly doesn't have like a conscious human perception or you know knowledge of death you know <laughs> but that doesn't stop <laughs> them from dying you know why would it be different with um, nano machines um <laughs> but yeah it, it sets up a little bit of a tearjerker where <laughs> your assembled little family of base camp survivors tearfully see off your uh, trash can ai flies off into the Lord of Dust's stomach to teach it about death. Um, and as preposterous as that sounds, uh, you know, it is, it, it, it kind of worked. It's just that kind of, kind of game, you know, it's, um, it's got, it's got a little bit of soul, you know, for something that was like really like dead on arrival, you know, I think there's still a reason, like a couple dozen people play this game regularly across most of the platforms, which is surprising. And to be honest, it's quite surprising that the servers are, are even up still. Um, now, I have no friends to play this game with because, because <laughs> uh, yeah, you're in the right lines with you know play this in 2023. Um, so I didn't touch the co-op or any of the kind of multiplayer functionality at all. I just kind of like entertained myself and my, um, I don't know, like moth to a flame predilection for like looter games, you know, go explore stuff, grab as much shit as possible, bring it back. Just a 
perfect little gameplay loop for me. Building the base and the kind of survivalist aspects, you know, for me, it just really, really did work and is a logical kind of like extension of what was built upon in MGS5, you know. Um, having your camp and your base in the game world that you actually are doing your operations in, it kind of makes it feel a bit more connected than MGS5 did with, you know, the Oriole Rig of the base mechanics, which, you know, again, different game. Um, and yeah, it's just very economical, you know, um, the, the level of like animation and voice acting for the non-primary characters is like shockingly bad. The music is no great shakes, although I think there's one, one theme that's kind of okay that you kind of hear a fair bit about in the end. And I think it's like the first Metal Gear game in quite some time, maybe since uh, two or three that had the like the Metal Gear theme, you know, from Metal Gear Solids, um, kind of like remixed a little bit, but that that played during the credits, which was nice. Um, yeah, there's plot twists. There's uh, there's the guy you see in the intro cutscene, which you know point where I got reunited with him was like 30 hours later and obviously because it's like a player created character um, that doesn't talk um, and you're reunited with allegedly with your partner um, in in your past life just comes off crazy flat and um, immediately you know it becomes obvious that there's not something not quite right with him and makes you think that they've Chinese slash Rhodesian sounding dude is obviously a red herring. He can't be the bad guy. Um, like the, the plot twists are very like on the nose and in a not subtle way. It's like it's like the basic stuff. It's really on the nose. Whereas like you know in a more Kojima game, it would be more about the themes and misdirection and. Um, big ideas with this. It's it's pretty basic storytelling, and you know it's cheesy. Um, but it's not it's not offensive, not by any stretch of the imagination. And you know, it's nice playing a game that I, I didn't need to think too much while playing it. The systems are pretty easily understandable. The controls are tight. Well, actually, tell a lie. The grenade throwing, that that kept screwing me up about 40, 40 minutes in. 40 minutes, 40 hours, but yeah. Yeah, it took me 40 hours to finish this game, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, my constant struggle in life is like, hey, while I enjoyed that, I could have been doing so much, so much else with my life. <laughs> Playing Metal Gear Survive. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to like just get it out there that this game just isn't didn't deserve the shite it got at launch, you know. Um, could I recommend it to my friends? No. Would I recommend it to you? No, I don't think I would. Um, I enjoyed it, but. I think to, you know, Rob, another uh, Tim Rogers-ism is that I, I, 
I was able to put my good time hat on and come into this expecting a crappy time but wanting to check it out because it, this is a little bit of you know metal gear media that you know could well get lost to time who knows you know like a day weeks from now konami could decide to switch off the servers and you know god knows how this game works in fact i don't think it does work without online connection um which is shite for a whole host of reasons that i'm not going to get to right into right now but i was able to have that you know have a good time of it i spent 40 hours on the damn thing um and yeah it's just nice little touches it made me think about metal gear games again um which you know gasp what what a re revelation after you know playing like ostensibly a metal gear game is that even like little touches of like references to metal gear previous metal gear games um the like secret ending <laughs> made me laugh but i really liked that um and that in the final battle you can choose to like go like fuck it i'm gonna um i'm gonna return home leave these fuckers in the lord of dust i just want to get home and you follow the kids up into the wormhole and uh, you get spat out in um the desert of, of the um, afghanistan level on metal gear solid 5 um your character is all dazed and confused picks up a picture off the floor and starts wandering around which is um basically you've become a wandering soldier from metal gear solid 5 uh, where if i remember right you know they were the um characters that you picked up to find pictures of past to um carry on like the medic storyline you know um, your real past about like the grief about you know how paz died in grand zeros and that doesn't make a lot of sense but it stylistically or thematically it worked for me you know and yeah the game's full of obviously because it's you know developed by a lot of the same team i'd imagine and on the same engine but there was a love there for it I, I just felt and like I just kind of felt a bit sorry for the, the, the designers and programmers and artists and animators that you know worked on this and the game just got completely stomped on you know um, and yeah I guess that's you know life and politics in it and, and video game business um, yeah, obviously I can't see Konami spitting out another Metal Gear game anytime soon. Um, yeah, Kojima's still out there. I love Death Stranding, you know, so looking forward to seeing Death Stranding too, what that brings along. And yeah, I'm glad that I scratched that itch. Um, I vaguely remember the overbeater being okay. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe if it gets on sale, uh, I got a copy for like three quid and i had a good time of it i got a good amount of entertainment time out of that small investment so yeah that's my unstructured thoughts uh thinking aloud you know and little pauses here and there and my little verbal tics that i'm sure if you listen to this podcast for a while you'll 
start to either love or hate or both. And yeah, I think I think I'll call it there. There will probably be more of these, you know. Um, might be recorded with Martin, you know. I think we probably should both talk about Battlefield Twenty Forty Two as well. It's one of those, you know, distractions and that's you know gets in the way of the you know the the main premise of the show. I will. I promise. I promise I'll I'll do Mafia because I would record that episode because I'll also be getting my um, my other brother Carl involved in that one. So I think that would be that should be a good laugh. Um, but yeah, until then, you can find me at, at Showmaker on Twitter. Um, you can find the pod at Backlog Zero Pod or something like that on Twitter. Um, subscribe, leave a review, do whatever you want to do. Really, share it laugh um whatever you know um yeah if this took you fancy yeah you could probably do a lot worse than picking this game up give it a go um you could probably clock it a lot faster than me i'm terrible terrible for <laughs> grinding stuff out and being over level for things um and so yeah you could probably clock this in about 15 hours i reckon but I took me 40, so I just love exploring and finding every little shitty thing I could. Um, yeah, well, that's it for me. David signing out, and remember to... <coughs>